Which profession ranks number one as the most trusted? You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me is Andrea Higgum, the director of the Johnson & Johnson Campaign for Nursing's Future, located in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Ms. Higgum, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. Oh, thanks, Susan. It's great to be here. What is the number one ranked most trusted profession? Well, as I'm sure you can imagine, nurses are currently and have been for the last almost a decade ranked as America's most trusted profession. And that's according to the 2007 Gallup survey on honesty and ethics. 83% of Americans placed nurses in the number one position for the ninth consecutive year. Wow. Why do you think that is so? Well, I think nurses have just always been seen as the people that provide us with the care we need, and they're kind, compassionate individuals who are very knowledgeable and very well-educated and very well-trained. And also, you know, they really are making a difference in the lives of so many people, and people do trust what they have to say, even, even more so than other professions, including medicine, actually. What professions rank two, three, four, and 5? Well, according to Gallup, the second profession would be grade school teachers, third would be pharmacists, fourth would be military officers, and then fifth is what I alluded to before, which is medical doctors. Give us the big picture here. How many nurses are there nationwide? Well, according to our research, we found that there are about 3 million registered nurses in the country, a little bit less than that, about 2.9 to 3 million registered nurses. Of that, about 2.4 million, or around 83%, are currently employed in the practice of nursing. Actually, that's higher than I thought it would be. It's actually higher than I thought it would be, too. But again, practice of nursing is very broad. A lot of us tend to think about nurses that you see when you encounter them at your school or at your hospital or your doctor's office. But nursing really can run the gamut as far as career choices. And you can be anything from a forensic nurse to a nurse anesthetist or nurse practitioner or nurse informatics is another area. So Being employed in nursing can be a lot more general than people might actually think. How do the percentages break out in terms of gender and age? Well, the gender and (laughs) the age numbers are not actually as good as we'd like them to be. Right now, we're looking at anywhere approximately between 6 to 7% of nurses are male, which is better than it has been in years past, but we still have a long way to go. And then one of the reasons why the shortage is as acute as it is right now is because nurses are really aging out. Unfortunately, the average age of a nurse right now is about 46, 47 years old. And those individuals are going to be retiring, as we can imagine, within the next 10 to 15 years. So we really need to get a robust pipeline of nursing students into the profession of nursing. I'd say probably, as I said, the average age is 46 to 47 years old. Probably looking at the statistics, about 50 to 60 percent of nurses are 35 and older. What happened, Andrea? I think it's really just a matter of nursing kind of falling off the radar screen. It just wasn't on the minds of young people and hasn't been for the last 10, 15, 20 years. And there's probably a multitude of factors that have contributed to that. Everything from back when you had most of the nurses, as I said, the average age is 46, 47 years old. Back when they were choosing nursing, they didn't potentially have as many career choices out there as young people do today. As a matter of fact, an interesting thing to note is that there are more females in medical school today than there are males. 
So if you have an interest in caring for people and providing health care and getting into the medical fields, a lot of females, which has been predominantly what's gone into nursing, have looked to medicine as a career choice. Nursing hasn't really been getting the attention and, quite honestly, the respect that it deserves. And as a consequence, I think a lot of people just sort of weren't really thinking about it as this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Tell us how the Johnson & Johnson campaign for nursing's future is making a difference. It's a public awareness campaign at its core, and it's really about our ongoing commitment to help alleviate this growing shortage. And as I mentioned previously, we really have a very multifaceted campaign. We've hosted regional fundraising events across the country where we've raised $14 million for nursing education. That has translated into thousands of scholarships for nursing students, for nurse faculty, and millions of dollars in nursing school grants to help these schools increase their program capacity. So we're seeing a direct benefit of the money that we've raised and really getting into the hands of the individuals that need it, enabling them to get through their nursing education and get into this profession. So we see that as one key point of making a difference as far as this is concerned. We've also done a lot of research. Are the commercials having an impact as far as, you know, enhancing the image and getting people to think about it? Nursing, as far as a career choice from before the campaign was launched, was down around 9 or 10 as far as the most attractive career choices for young people today. Nowadays, if you query these same level of individuals, you'll find that it's about three or four. So we feel, as I said, together with all of our partners that we are making a difference as far as getting people to think about nursing as a viable career choice and then helping them actually meet that challenge and get into the profession. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me is Andrea Higgum, the director of the Johnson & Johnson Campaign for Nursing's Future. Andrea, you talked about partners. Who are they? Well, we've been very fortunate. We've had a really dynamic group of individuals that we've worked with over the course of the campaign, and and there are probably 50 or 60 organizations that I could point to that have helped us in the development of different components of it. It's everything from the American Association of Colleges of Nursing to the National League for Nursing, the American Nurses Association, to the Academy of Nursing, to the individual professional specialty or organizations like the Perioperative Nursing Association, the Oncology Nursing Society. Then there are all the state institutions that support nursing of individuals living in that particular state and that region. So there's a lot of partners. We've been very fortunate. We've had a research partner partnership with Vanderbilt University that's provided us with a lot of the data and the statistics that I've alluded to today. So we're really lucky out there. There are some great nurses that are very passionate and very dedicated to this profession and to alleviating the shortage. What are the pay scales today for nurses and nursing faculty? It's actually better than most people would think, probably in large part because there is the shortage and the demand for nursing is so high. But, for example, one of the nursing students that just graduated in May with a baccalaureate degree, granted she is going to work in an urban area in New York City, but she's going to be working three 12-hour shifts a week, and her pay will end up being upwards of about sixty-five dollars to $70,000 a year. 
So I don't know about you, but I can honestly tell you that when I was 22 years old and a recent college graduate, my first job wasn't paying $60,000 a year. So it's pretty attractive as far as the financial rewards are concerned. But tough work, and they deserve to receive that amount of money because these people are really truly on the front line of healthcare. They are responsible for providing you with your direct patient needs. They're also managing a lot of the paperwork that goes along with it, the medications. They are really, as I said, on the front lines of healthcare, and I'm glad that they are being rewarded to the level in which they are because they certainly do deserve it. I agree. What are the most popular fields of practice that are emerging in the nursing profession today? Interestingly enough, the two probably most popular areas in nursing are nurse anesthetists and nurse practitioners. These are areas in which they do require advanced degrees, both of which generally require more along the lines of a doctorate in nursing in a particular area. But these are very attractive positions. You can really almost control your own profession within them. So they're very attractive for a lot of people today, and those are probably the two most popular areas. But other things that have been growing in popularity are pediatric nursing, critical care nursing, neonatal intensive care nursing. And interestingly enough, one of the ones, and this may be a direct result of some of the TV shows and things like that that are out there, but forensic nursing is a growth area in nursing right now. Oh, that's interesting. What other trends do you see for the future? Nursing is something, as I talked about before, that's very dynamic, ever-changing, ever-evolving. And one of the things that we probably wouldn't have been able to see or forecast 10, 15 years ago has been the really significant rise in online nursing education programs. They're becoming much more popular because they have a lot of benefits. They're not secondary to traditional programs, but they are filling a void and offering students that are perhaps waitlisted at traditional schools an alternative. And as I said, that is just one element of their nursing education, the online programs. It doesn't replace the clinical rotations or the classroom experience and things like that. It's just one element of their education. There's also a new trend in sort of the entrepreneurial area of nursing where licensed registered nurses combine their specialty skills with other things to form new businesses. I mentioned before nursing informatics, combining nursing and computers has become very popular. Legal nurse consulting, hiring a nurse to become an advocate for you to help you manage your health care if you're dealing with a chronic or terminal issue that you need someone who has certain expertise in that area. There's also legal nursing, nurses that are going on to get a degree in law and using that, as I said before, to become an advocate or to get into nursing. There's also some interest in the science of nursing. So there are a lot of people that are going on to become what we refer to as nurse scientists. So there's a range of home health care businesses that are starting up all over with people in this entrepreneurial area as well. So there's really a lot of interesting stuff out there right now. Explain more about nursing informatics. From what I've been able to gather, nursing informatics is something that's combining the career of nursing and computers and technology. As I think all of us are aware, technology is almost becoming a staple in healthcare. There are computers in every room. There's computers in in every room on every floor in a hospital. And I think what it's doing is it's actually taking the profession of nursing, what you've learned in nursing school, and helping to implement and develop programs that can be used by different hospitals, different healthcare providers to assist in the care and recovery of patients. Tell us about the nursing gang. The nursing gang, that is actually an interesting development that we put together probably about goodness, I guess it's about three or four years ago. It's been very, very popular. And our specific approach was to try and get young people engaged around thinking about 
nursing. It's interesting in some of the research that we've done, we found that, you know, young people, and I'm talking young, young people, six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds, they don't necessarily look at careers and say, oh, my gosh, that's definitely what I want to be when I grow up. But if you don't put a positive image of something in front of them and say they only get a negative image of it, then they will rule it out as a potential career choice later on. So what we've tried to do with the nursing gang is put a positive, young, fun, dynamic image of nursing out to these young people so they get to think about nursing in a very positive way and they don't rule it out so that when they are making career decisions or thinking about options as far as education and colleges later on, that they will think about nursing as a really viable career choice. Oh, that's great. Andrea Hagum, thank you so much for joining us to discuss the Johnson & Johnson campaign for nursing's future. A lot of fun. Thank you, Susan. I'm Susan Dolan. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at ReachMD.com, which features our entire library of on-demand podcasts, or call us toll-free with your comments and suggestions at 888-MD-XM-157. Thank you for listening.